Hi, I'm Kurt Fernley, Paralympian, and I'm coming to you from a Wabakal country. And I'm Paralympian Riley Bat, and I'm broadcasting from Beeropai land. This is you, Little River, the place where we celebrate all things parasport. Riley Bat, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing very well. I've uh, been spending most of my time up at the Sunshine Coast lately. Tough life up there. Um, rehabilitating my shoulder. Um, you know, trying to get back into playing rugby after a bit of an injury. It's been really nice. So I'm sort of living between Sunshine Coast and Port Macquarie at the moment, mate. Two, you know, terrible places in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> mate, how is the shoulder going? Last time you were on the show, you were talking, it was a, the acute phase of uh, of injury. Uh, how's the rehab? Yeah, it's, look, it's 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 coming along pretty well at the moment. Obviously, uh, the older you get, the slower the rehab is, and I'm learning that very, very hardly. Uh, and I'm not a very patient person, Kurt. Um, fancy that. Uh, so at the moment, um, look, news in the shoulder is not good. Uh, AC joints, pretty screwed. Uh, rotator cuff tears, um, labral tears, all those kind of things. But you know what? 20 years of playing wheelchair rugby, multiple gold medals there, some world championships. I'll take a torn shoulder for those kind of accolades, mate. So uh, <laughs> it's not doing the best, but the rehab at the moment has um, has been really good. Um, I've been working up in Queensland with the Queensland Academy of Sport um, and, of course, the Australian Steelers Wheelchair Rugby Program as well. And we're back. I'm back in the rugby chair. I'm doing a little bit of contact work and um, still a long way to go, but I'm, I'm excited, as you can see, in the smile on my face right now, Kurt. <laughs> Where's next, mate? Where's your next comp? Um, we've got um, Australian Steelers have um, we've got the qualifiers. So the qualifiers for the for the Paris twenty twenty four games next year. Jeez, that is scary. Um, so we got to qualify. We won world champs, um, but they changed the rules uh, last year that you still have to qualify. Even though you win world championships, you usually used to get an automatic qualification for the games. You still have to qualify through an Oceania champion, his own championship. So looks like um, ourselves and Japan are going to be battling um, at the Oceania Zone championships. Um, whoever wins it gets an automatic qualification. Whoever comes second, um, we'll have to go to a wildcard event. We're not sure where that's going to be yet. So the pressure is on. Uh, end of June in Japan. Looks like we'll be facing our rivals, Japan, for a uh, qualification spot for the Paralympics. So uh, hopefully we'll fit by then, mate. Awesome. And how are you, buddy? What's been happening in your world? I know you've uh, you've got a, you know, some twins there, mate. So you get much sleep. <laughs> uh, I'm, I, I don't know whether or not I should say that I am getting a little bit of sleep um, because I don't know whether my wife Sheridan is getting any sleep. Look, uh, it's going great. So we were able to welcome Margaret and Lillian into the family. Uh, that's number three and number four. Who'd have four kids, Riley Bat? Um, but they are growing. They're eating. They're sleeping. They're doing everything that they need to do. You'll probably hear them, uh, the listener, if you hear the screams of what's sounds like a uh, a banshee about to crash crash into our house um that is my two little beautiful uh new daughters uh they have got a great set of lungs on them uh so much so i'm sure that they are going to join the dolphins team because honestly i've never heard a scream like it it's very impressive uh mate but I, enough I, of that I, I... Kurt, I know with that Fernley, your fam- your family's like the Fernley crew, and they are crazy. So a massive shout out to Sheridan for holding down the Fernley fort. Because I know you wouldn't be doing all the other overnight <laughs> you're whinging. I know what you're like, mate. You love your beauty sleep. So shout out to Sheridan. <laughs> you are 
Amazing. You are definitely a rock in this relationship. <laughs> uh, mate, mate, you don't get this pretty without getting a decent night's sleep every night. So uh, you, you can't mess with the moneymaker. Um, enough talking, enough um, enough of you actually sledging the crap out of me. It, it's time to get to what we're all here for. Um, Riley, back, what's your you little ripper moment? Oh, mate, I, um, I've got a pretty special one this week and something I'm pretty, I think I'm it's pretty proud of as well. It's not just me, it's a community. I'm getting a bit of goosebumps just about to talk about it, to be honest. And the Paralympics Australia team is going around to all the major cities and regional cities and giving out special Paralympic pins with the, this Paralympians, you know, number on it, you know, to whenever they came into the team. Um, to all the, our alumni, um, and I think it's really important to recognise all these amazing athletes who have paved the way for us because, Kurt, I know yourself, I wouldn't be here, you wouldn't be here today without the people who have paved the way. There's so many amazing people out there, and I think they need that recognition. And I was lucky enough to be able to hand out these pins in Brisbane recently and just seeing the smile and all these alumni's face, it was absolutely amazing. It just really gave me a reality check to how lucky I am and how lucky we are as a Paralympic community. I love that program, mate. It's connecting the first Paralympian, and we're so fortunate to be able to have that connection to the founders of the movement. That there are very few sports in the world that you can you can connect the the youngest athlete who's going to become the the their take on their first Paralympic Games in Paris can still connect with the first Paralympian who built this movement in the shadows without the recognition, and they created the the third biggest multi sport event in the world. It's remarkable that the efforts that our our, uh, the, the, those that come before us had to go through and the, the lack of also recognition and reward. So it is great to see PA uh, Paralympics Australia acknowledging those that built the sport that we got to benefit from for such a long period of time and that we still get to benefit from seeing yourself and the rest of the Paralympic family taking that green and gold to the next Games. So, and I am interested what number I am. I hope it's like a really, a, a, I don't know, a mem- I, I'm in for symmetry. It has to be like... Uh, I don't know, like 292 or, or 666 or something like that. It can't, 666 can't. definitely suits you, buddy, <laughs> I think. Definitely suits you. But, mate, I was thinking the same thing. Like, I'm, I'm you know, looking looking after my years of retirement and looking back, and I think it would be something so special, you know, to be still included in this fantastic community and being recognised with a special pin with your number on it. Like, that's something you look back on. That means so much more than, you know, than a gold medal, than then something like that. It's just you, you're part of something special. Um, so I'm looking, you know, I don't really look forward to myself getting older, but that is something I'm looking forward <laughs> to. It's a day where I can uh, look back and look at the what, you know, I've helped pave as well and what you've helped pave and 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 see the, the future Paralympians coming through, growing something that we love. Uh, mate, couldn't have said it better. Uh, my dear little ripper moment. It, it, it seems like this uh, the busiest Paralympian uh, in the history of Paralympians is Madison de Rosario. Uh, she second place runner up in the Boston Marathon. I got about four runners up in the Boston Marathon. One of them was by about a foot. Uh, it's a, it's a tough race to win. It seemed like it was freezing cold. Christy Dawes crossed in sixth, and I understand uh, the 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 cold weather sent her to the. Uh, recovery tent straight away, hyper 
affirming her. She's tough as nails, though, and, uh, and, and pulled up pretty good after. Uh, they have to pull up after because six days later, after the Boston Marathon, it runs on a Monday, six days later, they have to be back in form to race the London Marathon. It's a part of the circuit. It's the way it's always been. You peak for two marathons in, uh, in, in autumn and two marathons in spring. Um, but it is such a hard week, especially if you've had a wet or a cold marathon. You've you've got bruises. You're you're, you're depleted, and then you've got to try and find uh, the best that you got. It's a it's a real challenge. So it's it's my you little ripper moment, but it's also it's also my good luck moment as well. Yeah, I saw on social media that uh, Maddie was uh, pulling a bit of a bit of crap from herself, and she um, she said, "Whose idea was it to wear a crop top?" The, uh, <laughs> the, the marathon because it looked so cold it looked foggy it looked misty it looked like it was just gonna be so slippery on those push rooms um obviously not the condition she probably enjoys but i think with maddie what we need to remember as well and i think i've spoke about it in a past show is um she's got a new chair and it's um a pretty amazing chair you know fully carbon looks like a bullet and i know from personal experience chatting to her she's it, it took her a while to get used to it and she's still getting used to it so you got third in Tokyo, is that correct, Kurt? Um, she's just got a second, uh, Boston, London. Let's see what happens. But uh, yeah, she's she's obviously adapting this chair and her training is all coming together at the moment. So look out, let's see how, how far she can go with this new chair. We're recording this just before the London Marathon. It will come out after the London Marathon. Uh, we're also recording this at the same time that the Paracycling World Cup is on in Manego. I'm unsure how that's pronounced, but I'm going to stick with Manego uh, in Italy from the 20th to the 23rd of April. We've also got the Japan Open Wheelchair Tennis uh, with Heath Davidson, who's taking uh, on a competitor from South Africa. We also have the Dolphins swimming at the moment in Gold Coast, uh, it, it is for the Australian Swimming Championships. Uh, the team are going to battle it out for selection for the upcoming World Para Swimming uh, Championships in July. And it's 500 days to Paris. You beat me to it, mate. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I just want to cut in just say, just say, oh, mate, 500 days until Paris. I'm sitting here quietly cracking my dax. <laughs> I can days smell. Goes so, <laughs> 500 days goes so bloody quick, but that's so exciting, mate. That is so exciting. And, like, you know, seeing all these events on, um, obviously we're broadcasting um, before these events are on and obviously it's going to be out in the podcast land after it's happened, but I'm looking forward to seeing all these results, um, seeing a lot of Paralympic sport happening the next week. Um, it's going to ramp me up for 500 days to go. Can't wait. Uh, right about over the last couple of weeks, there's been a, 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 a Paralympics has hit the uh, current affair shows four corners about classification. Uh, classification is one of the most personal issues that a, that a para athlete ever has to go through. It is this mixture of um, of 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 pouring out all of your vulnerabilities, but also it feels like you're trying to prove or or, or show that 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 you are a person with a disability, and it is. And I spent 25 years in the movement and I never asked anyone what their disability was. It just doesn't come up. Uh, but then when you're in this process, it can be so confronting and so, uh, 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 so almost to the core of who you are that when I saw it on the, on the news, I found it so hard to watch. Mate, what are your memories on the class, on your, your process through classification? 
Yeah, look, classification is not fun. It's not something that we want to do, but to be a Paralympian and to make the Paralympics as fair as possible, we have to go through a classification process. Now, through my years of wheelchair rugby, I have been classified, I, I, you know, probably 12, 15 times. And it's 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 not a process I enjoy. It, it can take hours. Um, they go through all your muscle tests, all your function tests, what you can and can't do with your body, range of motion, all these kind of things. Well, I know that's in wheelchair rugby, but what we need to do is we need to trust the process. Um, the Paralympic organisations are getting better and better with, you know, uh, I guess more better technology, they're getting better uh, classifiers, more information, and we need to trust the process that they're doing the job to be make the Paralympics as fair as possible. So um, kudos to all the classifiers. I know it's probably not the best job, um, and we you probably hear a lot of whinging from us athletes because we don't like classification, <laughs> but for us to compete at this level to make the games as fair as possible, it is something that we need to do. It is, and it's unique to the Paralympic movement. And I couldn't imagine to have my classification kind of questioned in the in the in the mainstream news. It would be it would it would be so challenging. A mixture of being accused of a of a doper or accused of 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 a fraud. It, it just it would be so <laughs> so hard, so hard. I think um, so. Uh, I thought we had to had to touch on that thing. It was in the news. We, we, we're 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 a current affairs podcast here at You Little Ripper. We're all <laughs> things to all people, um, but we're going to get back to what what we're all here to see, and that is the athletes, the stories of our amazing athletes on the ground. Uh, and we're going to give a You Little Ripper welcome to one of the toughest athletes that I have ever met. The great. The powerful <laughs> Paralympian and Iron Woman, Lauren Parker. Welcome to you, Little Ripper. Thanks so much for having me. How you going, mate? I, I haven't seen you. Uh, I, I used to train with you until uh, you would embarrass the crap out of me because you would lap me so many times now. Uh, but uh, you are single-handedly the toughest athlete that I've ever pushed with. How's your form? Uh, yeah, really good for this stage of the season. Um, I've had a pretty good build-up after a break um, in late December. I've had a pretty good build-up up until now, and I head away to my first cycling international cycling event next week. Lauren, I think it's absolutely amazing to see you in now in the cycling world because you are just so strong at every discipline in the triathlon world. So I'm absolutely loving seeing this. But now I've heard, and for the viewers at home, Lauren is planning on competing in both the paratriathlon and paracycling at the Paris 2024 Games. I don't know how you're going to do it. Can you please explain to us what like, the qualifying process is like? How are you going to juggle that in the games with, you know, with timings? Um, obviously, we know you're fit enough for it. It's just trying to fit it all in one. How are you going to do this? Yeah, it's going to be a big challenge, but I'm always up for a challenge. And in terms of the schedule at the Paralympics, it works, it fits in really well. The triathlon is first and then two days later is the cycling starts. So I've got the time trial on one day and then the road race the day after. So um, all within four four days of each other, the triathlon and, and cycling is, is after. Triathlon being my number one. Um, but um, I'm looking to get those three gold medals. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, cycling is my strongest leg of the triathlon, so it's going to just improve my triathlon um, anyway, just doing the, the cycling and the challenge of the cycling and the sessions. And um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it and, 
yeah um yeah it's gonna be uh, as I said I'm always up for a challenge and it's gonna be one challenge but the triathlon um I find that well I'm feeling that it's easier to qualify for the games in the triathlon um I just need to be in in the top 10 uh in, in the Paralympics point score starting this July uh and then for the cycling I feel like it it's a lot hard a lot more difficult to qualify um because they only have uh well for Tokyo they only had like five or six paracycling slots for the women um out of all categories so you're pretty much you know competing for a spot against all categories of the cycling uh, and then when you get to the games, you're just competing against the hand cycle for, for me, the hand cycle category, but it's just qualifying that's um, going to be the most challenging. The paracycling team is one of the most challenging, hands down. It, it, I've seen periods of times where somebody who you knew would would most likely get a, a medal not make the team because of the caliber of our athletes that we that we send over. You 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 need to be pushing for a gold medal to to kind of get a start in that team. Uh, how are you going to go? I've cycled with you, like I said. You're 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 one of the most talented hand cyclists that I have ever met. Haven't haven't rolled with you for about three and a half years. Uh, how are you going to go against uh, the the your competitors who are just on the bike every day? Yeah, I mean, I have the confidence in my cycling ability and I think if um, you have that belief and confidence in yourself uh, and you have it, or for me, if I have a really good preparation and I'm feeling strong, um, then I believe I can I can do it. And, you know, triathlon, I think they uh, benefit both. Like triathlon helps the cycling and cycling helps the triathlon. So, um as long as I'm fit, strong and healthy, I, I think I can be very competitive. And I do have to prove that I'm going to be a gold medal potential to be on the team because everyone on the women's side is a gold medal potential. Um, you've got to be up there and because uh, everyone's so talented and in their own right. <laughs> well, I've seen I've seen the work ethic that you put in um, into your training and I feel like, you know, Watching your work ethic, watching how you compete in the triathlon, I think you're going to be able to, you know, back this up in the cycling. And I think it's going to, you know, you're, you know, coming off the hopefully a gold medal in the triathlon. I think you're going to be um, fit as for this cycling. Um, and I cannot wait to watch you perform in both disciplines. It's something I've never seen in the Paralympic Games, and you know, I think uh, Paris will be my sixth Paralympic Games, and I've never seen anyone compete back to back in two different sports. So. I'm I'm all behind you, Lauren. I cannot wait to watch you do your best in both. Hopefully, three gold medals, uh, but I'm not going to put any pressure on you because I don't like doing that like someone else in this podcast, <laughs> Kurt Fernley. <laughs> no, I, I do not put the pressure on anyone, <laughs> Riley, but you better be world champion again. Um, <laughs> I do not at all. I, I want to I know about um, Kona. Uh, you, as we know, and to the listeners at home, Kona is the toughest Ironman race in the world, hands down. The heat um, just absolutely smashes everyone. It's a quali- it's a qualifying race for you, isn't it? Um, can you explain to us what Kona involves for you? What's it? What's it? What's it like? Yeah, um, very different to racing it as an able-bodied. That's for sure. Um, and well, leading into Kona this uh, last year. Uh, I was training for sprint distance right up until a month before and I 
and I had like, yeah, I had like four weeks of Ironman preparation um, and that's very, very short for an Ironman. And only a week before Kona, I'm like, I'm saying to myself and the team that was going to be going there with me, I'm like, I can't do it. I can't, I haven't had any preparation. I was just, I spoke to a, um, a few other athletes that have done Kona and they're like, if you're not um, fully 100%, you know, committed to doing it, then I wouldn't do it because it's a hard day. And I'm like, I'm going backwards and forwards, whether I'm going to do it or not. And one one at one point I decided I wasn't going and I wasn't going to do it so I told everyone I wasn't going and then all of a sudden I just changed my mind I I said to myself look I'm just going to go there and do it and get it done otherwise I would have regrets and I didn't want to have regrets after I didn't want to be home watching the race thinking I wish I was there so I put everything into going there and getting it done and even with the short amount of preparation that I had. But I knew, you know, again, I still had that belief in myself that I could do it and I could do a a really good time over that course. So um, that's what I did. I got there and it was one tough day, that's for sure. Uh, You know, it's 3.8K swim, all with your arms, 180-kilometre hand cycle with your arms again and a 42.2-kilometre run in a racing chair which is um the you know what where I find is the hardest is always the racing chair part especially after all you know uh, that swim and and bike so um you just have to be like mentally strong I think um you don't have to be fully physically fit you can be 90% fit if you if if you understand what I'm saying but you you have to be mentally prepared because when you're out there on halfway through that bike leg thinking you're only halfway and you've still got so much more to go you can really get overwhelmed with how much further you still have to go especially with the heat coming down on you the wind is like crazy over in Kona uh, and the fatigue everything you can you know, your mind can really go on you. So what I found is you really need to stay in the moment um, one pedal stroke at a time and just to get through through the day because it's long. I was going to ask that. I, look, I struggle to get my mind through a 30K bike ride. So, look, I'm not going to even put myself in a category like you. But I do have little, I guess, things in my head that I'm, you know, trying to, trying to almost quit or trying to slow down and I have to sort of keep telling myself different things. I just heard you say, you obviously one pedal or one push at a time. Is there anything else that you put in your head just to push you through those kilometers? Because each kilometer, I guess, by the end gets longer and longer and harder and harder. What goes through your head? Um, I think of the, um, well, the finish and how, you know, the feeling of that accomplishment um, and having ticked that goal off that I've been wanting to do for uh, ever since I had my accident, I've been wanting to get to Kona and complete Kona as a para-athlete, having gone there twice as an able-bodied athlete. So I just think of think about that. But I also, like I said, stay in the moment, embrace the pain because it's all pain. Um, I don't really, really know how I do it, but I just, I, I love Ironman and I love the atmosphere. Plus you've got all the competitors around around you 
well, going past me because I'm in the hand cycle, but shouting out encouragement um, along, you know, throughout the whole race. So that definitely helps the amount of support is out there on course, plus the volunteers. And um, it's hard in, in training because you've got no one there. You know, it's all you're there on your own, whereas the race you've got everyone around you all there competing for the one the one goal in in completing the Ironman. So in a way it's easier being at the race. But even hearing you talk about it, I, I remember watching the footage of you push up that last hill and I started wriggling in my chair because when you were saying I, I'm embracing the pain. Because <laughs> I, I just I could imagine the pain that is just bumping through you. Uh especially that last 10 meters of the course. It was like it was like cruelty that they put that ramp to go up at the finish. Uh, May uh, we ran into each other um, uh, pretty soon after your accident back in 2017 or 2018? 2017. 20, 2017. You've been six years in in the sport. You you, you excelled so quickly into a Commonwealth Games, uh, silver medal at the Paralympic Games, uh, six or so world champ, six or seven. Six, uh, over various distances. Six-time um, world champion. You've done Kona. You, you, you've uh, you've you've tackled the uh, you've tackled the the media element to the to the to the game as well to the sport. We've seen you on billboards around Newcastle. Um, how do you reflect on this last seven years now that you've you've now become one of the most successful Paralympians in this country? Wow. Um, yeah, I I guess I don't see it like that. I just I'm just doing something that I love. Uh, I'm very grateful and thankful that I was able to get back into my to my sport after such a horrific accident that could have definitely um, kept me down. Like I could have done nothing with my life, but I really embraced the opportunities that I had and was very grateful. And so I think. My when I think back about the last six years and what I've accomplished, um, yeah, it's been a whirlwind of a six years. I've really packed a lot in into that time, um, and I wouldn't have been able to do it without the support that I've had around me for sure. Um, but I put a lot of dedication and a lot of time into my training and. You know, when I've when I have a goal I that I set for myself, I do I put everything into it. I work do it work so hard in achieving that that goal. So I, I guess there's been a lot of hard hard work put in into the last six years. It hasn't come easy, um, but I'm very proud of myself that I've been able to achieve what I've achieved. And I hope that you know from me doing that and bouncing back after my accident and, and bouncing back after it, all of my surgeries that I've had. Um, I hope that I've inspired someone out there from my journey because um, that's what I said when I first had my accident. I said to myself, well, if I can inspire just one person from my accident and journey, then it's all worth it. So, um, yeah, pretty sure I've, I've done that. So, um I hope to keep doing that as well. Lauren, I know you've definitely inspired me. You've definitely inspired Kurt. You've definitely inspired the whole You Little Ripper audience, um, you know, with your amazing story, your determination, your grit. Uh, we cannot wait to see your progress, you know, obviously with triathlon, but now with cycling. 
um, up in the lead up to Paris. We'll definitely keep in touch with, with you. But um, thank you very much for your time today. Uh, it's been an honour having you on your little ripper and uh, we wish you all the best in the next couple of months or the, the year leading up to Paris, I should say. Not long, 500 days. Not long at all. Yeah, thank you. Riley had the perfect description of Lauren. Lauren has grit. <laughs> she is one of the toughest people that you are ever going to meet. Uh, finally, we got her on the show. Uh, I've been wanting to get Lauren on for a long time. Obviously, you, Little Ripper audiences, you've been hearing Lauren Parker's story through us, but what a great competitor and great Novocastrian. Uh, and thank you guys for listening to our podcast. We love Parasport and we want to share how amazing it is with the rest of the world. Uh, but we need your help to do that. We definitely do, Kurt. We need all of you to tell your friends what we are doing here. And please, please leave us a nice review. You can, look, you can hang some shit on Kurt if you want, but please leave the whole <laughs> show a nice review. No, you can't. I'm fragile. Uh, well, we'll be back with more interviews with your favourite athletes and make sure you followed You Little Ripper wherever you get your next episode. And look, we would love to say a big thank you to Toyota for supporting this episode of You Little Ripper. Oh, what a feeling. Thanks, Toyota. You Little Ripper.